0: I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually. For the lore!
1: And it almost <laughs> works.
2: You're listening to For The Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to Fort the Lord, this is Roger. Coming to you on Monday, the 9th of April, we've got a great show and we've got Vince back. So Woo-hoo. insert, cheer. I was going to say insert cheering, cheering, but we don't have to insert cheering if you bring your own Vince. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I constantly have cheering in the back of my head. Yeah. All right. How was the week off? Oh, very, very
2: therapeutic. <laughs> did you do anything? I mean, other than getting up at 11 or one and
1: then going back to bed at two, did you do anything? Was there anything I'd, accomplished? I finished my second Mass Effect playthrough. All right. I, I did the Dead Kill DLC in Reckoning. Right. So, you, you, okay, you're counting those as achievements. I rewatched the last <laughs> season of Airbender on Netflix. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. That
2: one. <laughs>
0: you're gonna have... I was just like, okay, that one passes.
2: Okay, so second playthrough of Mass Effect, how'd you find it? Knowing what you were getting into, and uh, and having seen the the hoopla and everything going on now, especially, what'd you think of it?
1: Much more interesting when half the people in the game aren't dead ahead of time. <laughs> you have people to talk to at the end, is what it boils down to. Yeah, uh, well, uh, in the in the you know the ending part of the game, first time through, I didn't have Garrus to talk to. I didn't see any of the Thane stuff. Dr. Chakwas, Kelly, all of them were gone. Um, Didn't have the Krogans. (laughs) There were a couple others in there that were just empty spaces. So uh, it was much more interesting. Oh, Tali wasn't there, of course. So it was much more interesting seeing, you know, the actual people playing off of each other instead of just empty rooms. (laughs) Okay. And everything after that point, irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, it's been a little while now Since we finished it And um, Joe, I actually read your little write-up on uh, Well, not so little On uh, on Way of the Totem there too And it's funny because The more I've been reading it too About it and things like that and, And thinking more about what occurred in it And things like that The more I'm actually getting upset Not upset, but the more I'm leaning towards This sucks versus this is great you guys planned this so far in advance and, and the whole indoctrination thing. And and the more I'm thinking, regardless of either of those, it still sucked. And I've given it enough time to analyze it now. And I'm still falling in in that bunch where, wow, you guys really dropped the ball on this one. And I don't care if you're going to quote-unquote clarify this shit for me in the summertime. <laughs> I'm telling you right here, right now, it kind of sucks. And I'm wondering if you guys would change your minds or where you're sitting at right now.
0: I have not changed my mind. Um, the ending is the ending, and think that for me, and and this may just be from my years of role playing or whatever. Like even a shitty ending, um, I can still see the potential, and maybe that makes me an eternal optimist. But I'm still not like okay, hold flipping on. tables.
2: What do you mean potential? There's no an ending is an ending. There's no po- potential. It's
0: because of way they were trying to relaunch the rest of the universe for other games to come. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, this. while this is an ending for the Shepherd story, it's a potential beginning for the rest of the universe, for the rest of the races, for a new hero. Yeah, but they or, can have that regardless sure, of what they, they, they do. Yeah, no, and then, then, then that's fair. But for what it is, I'm not really, I'm not flipping tables. I'm not foaming at the mouth angry. Do I think it could have been better? Yes. Do I think it could have been presented better? Yes. Do I think that, you know, they shouldn't have to quote-unquote clarify the ending yeah that's kind of stupid um but did i still walk away from the ending on my second playthrough angry like no not really
2: and and when i I, i'm not saying angry this is not a rant i'm not going all all ballistic it's just a rational Analyzation of what it actually is What it could be on either side kind of thing And and, and coming to a conclusion of what I think In the same way that if I read a book, the ending Well, hell, I did it with that uh, David Gator book The first one for Dragon Age You know, I had my opinions of how the ending was handled Kind of thing And so I have my opinions now of how this was handled
1: Regardless of clarification So, Mm -hmm. Vince, where are you at on that? Regardless of which, you know doctrine you prescribe to as far as the meaning of the ending it, you, you have to admit at best it was poorly executed and that's giving oh them yeah a lot no of no I, and I, will, I definitely agree with that but like, like i said the by the time you got to that point in london where you know you gave the speech to your crew for me the game ended there like i there was nothing more i wanted out of the game after that point so the actual ending was like i said for me it was largely irrelevant Right. semantics see, see and for me
2: I, I kind of felt that way initially but then I started thinking more in terms of again if if I'm writing a, a series okay and I'm writing a six part series and then I get the audience heavily invested in five and a half of those books okay and then the ending is complete and utter crap. Regardless of the fact that I took them on this fantastic journey, it still ended with crap. And that that still means something. You know, if you are served the very best steak you have ever eaten in your life, but then at the end, you're forced to eat a pile of shit with cherries on it. (laughs) You know, you're not going to remember the steak. You're (laughs) going to remember that shit. That's what you're going to remember. So... That's what my, again, my opinion's been changing about it because I think that, I think that to a certain degree, A, you owe it to your fans. You owe sure. it to the people who have invested that much of themselves in your product to give them something that's good. Now, you can justifiably create an ending that you think is great, but that, again, you drop the ball and all that. But again, when you're working with a team that's that large, when you're looking at, um, an ending being so completely departed from everything else that has occurred up until that point and things like that. And then when you're looking at the max size holes um spread throughout the ending kind of thing, again, I to to me it has actually changed my opinion about that last game. Regardless of how good the the quote unquote three acts as an ending for everything throughout, the actual ending is that actual end. And it it, it has really kind of changed my opinion about it i'm
0: you I'm, know what i have to say to that at i, I wouldn't even at the ending at least it's not the ending of fucking borderlands okay <laughs> okay <laughs> no I, I i do have we weren't expecting to with
2: yeah well borderlands a no not 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 the Borderlands. not thing. you but <laughs> oh. first first game in an iep and yeah and we bitched about it too so justifiably
1: there's bitching about this to be had as well i do have to agree with you though because uh from reading through the uh the final hours app that they did for mass effect three and for a game that released in March as of November, they still didn't know how to end the game. That, that is a disturbing lack of foresight. I, I, I will say that. And yes, it's concerning, but it, it is what it is at this point. What, what more can, can be done.
2: Yeah. See, and the, oh, and, and it's not like I'm saying like there, there was this discussion on, on, um, on Twitter with Ava, where it was like, you know what? No, you ended the game. You ended the game, that's it. You don't get a do-over. Mm-hmm. That's it. You, you dropped yep, the ball. There is no do-over. That's what it is now that people can see that as something that you created. You know, you don't get to go back and rewrite the great novel. You don't get to go back and end another scene to a movie. It's it's done. Let it be done. But I find it hilarious, though, that they are putting another one out, but it's only going to be a clarification. There's not actually anything else getting changed oh, no. in terms and of we, your choices but it's, just, that. but it's a bunch of clarifications so basically they're saying listen you guys were too dumb to figure this out and even when they mentioned <laughs> the indoctrination it, uh. nobody said yes it's the indoctrination they they kind of talked around it and made it look almost as if no you
0: got you guys are really grasping there so uh, it's, to be fair, though, I mean, some of the people that were bitching about the ending may have actually been too stupid to understand. Oh,
2: it. and it, it is possible. Okay. That, be, that's,
0: a, that's, a valid, that's a valid possibility. I'd like to think that, that, that perhaps saying. I'm not.
2: There's a possibility. But it, it, it does feel very condescending in terms of, okay, you guys didn't get it. Mm-hmm. We're going to clarify it for you. We're not changing shit. We're just going to clarify it. It doesn't matter that you spent... Three and three quarter, three, you know, and nearly 90% of the last game making choices that affected everything. It doesn't matter that at the end of this, all of the few choices that are there are exactly the same, even though they said initially, "I love that quote." How there's going to be tons of different endings. There's going to be all kinds of stuff, and it's all the same shit. So yeah, it's just that again, there there were a lot of things, and as the community is getting together, and and I don't mean the ravenous idiots that are just meant to, that are just following, but the people who are taking their time to actually analyze things. And you could tell by their writing that, you know, this is an intelligent person who's thought this through kind of thing. Um, it is causing me to reevaluate the the amount of leniency that I was willing to give them initially. And it has really soured the, 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 the trilogy and the IP for me because, again, if they're, they're able to drop the ball on something this important then and we've seen them do the same with Dragon Age then the potential is sure. there for them to do the same with any game that they tackle yeah
0: but that's that's like i mean that's the same for every I single know, game I out know. there every but single game the and, problem
2: and... is is that when you have a game and you brought up Borderlands okay we loved Borderlands mm-hmm. but you cannot begin to compare the RPG questing and elements of Borderlands with Mass Effect not e- they're not even in the plane, no, same no, plane no, no, of no, existence. Just, Listen, just, I, just, I had like, plenty of choices as
1: to how to shoot the skags in the face, and that <laughs> definitely affected the outcome of the game. Well, with like, 98 like said, bajillion think- guns, of course you did.
0: And one of the things, one of the things I brought up in my post that I did put on Way of the Totem was how do you end it, and how do you end it in such a way that people stop asking for Shepard's story to continue and actually take an invested interest in the rest of the universe? Yeah, but and you, there's oh, so Oh, dude, you've been
2: cutting me off since we started this episode. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but your your argument that you used on your site about that, I don't think is valid because there are so many ways that they could have ended Shepard's story while still making sense, while still making sense in terms of the everything you've experienced up to date and things like that without going the route that they did. There, there are lots of ways. And again, I, I think that you're overusing the excuse that people just didn't want Shepard to die and wanted everything to be happy. I, don't I think, think you're, I am. Though, I think you are thing. a little too liberally. I, I do. Because I just case in point, that's not how I feel. Kill him up. No, no, no. I don't no.
0: care. That's not how <laughs> you feel right now. But the vast majority of the people that are complaining, they were complaining because Shepard died, quote unquote, or they were making a complaint because Shepard's story was coming to an end. These are the same people that were like, for lack of a better term, fapping over Shepard. And and I understand being attached to a character. I really, really do. Um but to me, and like I said, and maybe I'm being a little too leaning on it. Sure, I, I can I can see that I might be doing that. But I still honestly feel that I can't personally see a good way that they could have ended it, where the fanboys, the ravenous fanboys, the ones that are the the vocal minority, so to speak, would not be clamoring and calling them whatever or going after the company if they couldn't play Shepard anymore. It's- you know what I mean? And and I think that's part of it. I also think the part of it was that. Uh, I don't think they got quite the heroic ending that they wanted. And I think that a lot of people wanted the laurels rested upon his head. They wanted him to go home and bang a thousand chicks or a thousand dudes if they played Fem Shep. I mean, they they wanted to have that sort oh, of classic. Fem Shep. But I mean, I'm just saying, like that Kaiser was
1: kind of blinking at me a little weird. He's <laughs> <laughs> got that new but, shiny armor too.
0: But I, I don't I don't think you can completely dismiss that part of the argument. Yes. It, there are there are some people that don't fall into that. There are some people that do fall into that, but it is part of it. Okay, but some. see, every, and I'm going
2: back to every intelligent rebuttal that I saw, that I well, read, like this one that, here
0: then. that I'm seeing
2: right now that I put in the show notes, um, like the videos that we've linked to, it's not about, oh, he died and I'm upset. No, no, it's about the huge Problems with the ending, it has nothing to do with Shepard oh, dying I, at I all. Yeah. yeah, and see, yeah. And, and that's what I keep going back to. So, when they but made how this, many of those are there versus the other
0: kind is really the
2: problem. Well, not everybody's taking the time what's, to write what's the and ratio of intelligent 20s. people to morons yeah, on the re- internet? There is that too. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, this whole thing about redoing the ending now and giving us oh, oh, it's going to be free and, and, and not until summer that kills me. It's like, yeah, are we, we going to give ending, a rat's though. ass by summer? I don't know. Seriously? I, I what, got enough. What do you guys think about this DLC, though?
0: Want? I think it's, really? I, I, I want it, but I don't think it's going to change my enjoyment of the game all the way up to through all three series right now. I don't. I think I, I still enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to change anything for me.
1: Oh, I wasn't talking about the ending DLC. I was talking about the awesome multiplayer DLC. <laughs> yeah, that oh, yeah, the resurgence. That's <laughs> freaking <laughs>
2: I was talking about the extended cut ending DLC. I know, but, but I don't uh, want to talk about that anymore. Yeah, really. I, I'm good with ending. Yeah. So the the actual <laughs> DLC that we're getting though, for yeah, see, it's it's the quotes too that are coming from the people. I I'll put some in the show notes because it kills me. And uh, the 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 quotes from both the doctors as well as from uh, from Casey Hudson about the why they're doing this DLC. Oh, okay, I got to stop talking about it. I'm just I'm getting worked up talking about it. Now. <laughs> The well, see, they talked to at uh, at PAX, and they had this audience, and I wish there would have been more vocal people in the audience <laughs> to keep kind of grilling because apparently oh, they the barely ner- the
0: nerds that were there didn't want to talk.
2: They didn't want to grill. That was just, oh, it's byware, All they can do is awesome. It's like, no, don't you people remember? <laughs> we talked about this before. <laughs> nope, I don't remember anything. Yeah, no, it's barely aware. But uh, but anyways, they did talk also about this multiplayer DLC that's going to be coming out. So we're getting some more choices in terms of. Of uh, what classes to play. So that'll be pretty awesome. And some new locales. Have you played much? I know that you were saying the other day you weren't digging it that much, but we were actually supposed to play it over the weekend and we never did. Um, so you're still not digging the multiplayer all that much?
0: Quite honestly, and, and to be perfectly honest, it's because I haven't really been playing with anybody. Right.
1: Yeah. We still have to get I, together. And play. I played with random people on Xbox Live I, for, dude, I a, good, with for a good six hours straight and it was I a can't great do it. experience. I, every at least, experience
0: I've had with a random one has been bad. Judging
1: now, this is this is the Xbox Live audience, mind you, the worst of the worst, you know. And every game I had of Mass Effect Three multiplayer, well, first of all, most people had their mics off anyway, so I didn't have to listen to them. But there was team gameplay. It was a very good experience. Like there, there was very few Krogans rushing into battle, headbutting everything, and then dying, and a lot more of tactical gameplay of just knowing. Okay, I've got this entrance, you've got that entrance, there's a singularity there, team gameplay. And it with random people on Xbox Live, I was amazed at how well everything worked and how much fun I had. Well, both my son
2: and I play either together or at times uh, just with random groups as well. And we just have an absolute blast still. Um, the only thing that really has soured it for me has been the screw-ups with the packs. Um, Mm -hmm. because I literally, I still don't have, they still haven't reimbursed me my one character that I lost. Um, Tristan's lost, I think, a couple of guns, and I think I've also lost some money. And this has all been documented. I told them everything else, and we still haven't seen that. They said they fixed it, but honestly, there were still reports of afterwards people losing things. So, like, you're paying, in some cases actual real money for these things and then it disappears and you're left in a void that neither the Bioware forums nor EA support actually gives a rat's ass to help you and it's really disappointing and so that really soured me on multiplayer a lot. And then, like, when they have these weekend things, fantastic. It's a lot of fun. And yet, you don't get the rewards. Or, we got one reward, but we didn't get them both. And it's just, they really need to get their shit together. And mm-hmm. then maybe I'll care for it again, kind of thing.
0: Speaking Still of fun, though. Oh, it is. Oh, it still is a yeah. blast.
2: It's just, it's it's really hard to get invested in it when you're working so hard for, you know, the third stage no, of an NT7 gun, and then it disappears on you. And you never hear from support or anybody when you try to get it back. And it's like, you bastards, come on. <laughs> but that leads right into our EA thing. <laughs> I love this. Because <laughs> named worst company in America by consumerists. That is. Priorities. Awesome. <laughs> I love some of the their, what they, their rebuttals. Yeah, but you know what? We're dealing with th- thousands and thousands of hate mail for people who are against the gay stuff in our games and all that. We're, we're, we, we're standing up against them in this. Okay, but that doesn't change a lot of the other <laughs> shit you're doing. That's Once again, that's the cherry on top of the dog shit that you're being made to eat.
1: All right. Here's how I look at it. Last year's worst company in America was responsible for one of the greatest environmental disasters in American history and then did really nothing about it. Other winners were responsible and even profited off of the near financial collapse of the American stock market. <laughs> By those standards, EA ain't that bad. I mean, EA's biggest problem, honestly, is giving people what they want. <laughs> you know, if nobody bought the whole project $10 things, EA wouldn't do it. So obviously people are buying it. So why wouldn't EA continue doing it? I mean, just to set things in perspective for the calendar year, 2011, EA was responsible for games such as Alice madness returns, battlefield three, bullet storm crisis two, dead space two shadows of the damned and star Wars, the older public. If that's the worst company in America,
2: Okay, but from what I took from it, it's not that. It is going by things like their support and other things like that too. So, oh, I mean, EA you can look at freaking the saying. oil company and say, list all the positive things they're doing. Hey, they're providing oil for all of your, your houses, your cars, and this. They're great. Yeah, but look at the, the all this other stuff too. So, I think that that's more what they're gauging it on, not I'm just not, that they
1: I'm, made bad games. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, EA. <laughs> but here's the thing. You put up a poll online, and there's a gaming company involved of course well, a lot. Let, well me, let me them.
0: yeah but there's also the fact where a lot of the disgruntled indie developers that are going off on their own and making these amazing games are former ea employees recent former Keeps. ea employees
1: yeah. one need no look much further than bastion to see that here is the way i said it the other day ea is quite possibly the worst company in gaming they are far 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 from the worst company in america
0: oh, they're far from the worst company in America, sure. But I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where it it, it sort of speaks for itself right now, right? And, and sure, people are, on the internet are going to give their opinion. They're going to be very angry about it. But there's a reason for that. And there's a reason that people have come to this conclusion with EA. If it quacks like a duck, waddles like a duck, it might actually be a duck. While they might not be, you know, creating concentration camps and murdering an entire section of people, they're still pretty awful as far as most companies go.
2: Wow. What's your America like? I like my Canada now. Say. We ain't gotten of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we outlawed you the seen Escape from New York? Here. Really? <laughs>
2: Okay, let's move on. Um, this was a fantastic week for Borderlands 2 news because we got a crap load of actual in-game footage, which is what we've been salivating for. We got interviews. We got a whole bunch of shit, information about the classes, and some information about, like, different effects from specs and stuff like that. It, oh, my God, dudes, I am so freaking excited for this game now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, some of the footage, it's nice how, again, they looked at the, um, the, the 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 way that the game looked, they wanted to stay true to it, and yet really delve further into RPG and try to keep that balance still with the first-person shooter type of game. Uh, my God, like the stuff that we saw <laughs> with the classes too, oh, it was man. like, Oh my God, I, 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 it's, it's one of the games probably, you know, I'm more excited for this than Bioshock infinite even. And that's saying quite a bit.
0: I don't know about saying that much. <laughs> oh, I am, I am
2: dude. I am. Cause I, again, I think that out of the three of us, I probably enjoyed the first one the most. And I would
0: definitely agree with that statement. I don't have I a problem with
2: admitting that. And so taking that into consideration. And taking into consideration that Gearbox is good for listening to their fans as well. Really good for listening to their fans. I think that they l- heard loud and clear what we thought about the boss fights and the ending. And there was chatter that they've worked on that kind of thing. Um, Gimme Borderlands with even better questing, even better RPG elements, and a good ending? Dude, that would be absolutely phenomenal, especially when you look at the replayability of it.
1: Am I the only one that finds the ultimate irony of the article talking about how they fixed all the problems with the first one was on Gamespy? I didn't read that. Or <laughs> see that? One, one of the articles in the show notes is it. They, even like the the subtitle was, you know, Gearbox claims to have fixed everything with Borderlands Two, and the article was on Gamespy. Game <laughs>
2: That's hilarious. But that, <laughs> that said, that is dude, ironic. this was.
1: This was freaking nuts. But like the things that really stood out for me was really the the evolution of the art style, because as, as most people know, they changed the art style for Borderlands halfway through development. So what we saw of the, you know, the the weird cell shaded thing they had going on was not a fully developed version of that style. But my God, looking at it here, the environments oh, yeah. are insane or the the lighting effects and stuff like that one scene they showed off where it was like dark. And I I guess it was some sort of effect on the enemy had this weird purple lightning coming off of it. It looked sick. What I liked is when they were saying
2: too, like, we only saw such a small part of Pandora in the first one. So they're really, really expanding on that to give you a different feel for each of the locations that you're going into for your questing here. Oh, Oh, that's fan. That will be just absolutely fantastic.
1: And like when they were talking about like the way they've you know enhanced the co-op gameplay, um, like the 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 siren Maya when she has that one skill that if you kill an enemy when it's in the orb it releases health everywhere. Or the best was they're talking about how they've been put in a fourth elemental type on weapons called slag. Where if you put the slag effect on the enemy with your assault rifle, then damage from any other weapon source is increased on the enemy. So if I've got the slag effect with the assault rifle and you come in with a shotgun, you're going to do that much more damage to that enemy. That is some cool stuff that really makes you want to get in and play the game. Not just play it, but play it with your friends.
2: And I like some of the new mechanics they're doing with the guns. Again, the the freaking Walmart guns that you finish and you just shoot it.
0: (laughs) I shoot you with my gun! dude. Well, yeah, you shoot people with guns, but you throw throw them at all. There you go. Use the (laughs) word throw. But yeah, it's just so freaking... It's a Walmart gun. <laughs> and and the, ones, the ones that explode like a grenade when they hit, yes. too.
2: So I, again, with what they're doing, and I really, again, like how they are. Um, he was talking about how, well, somebody, I can't remember if it was, that was maybe with uh, Veronica Belmont, but when she was saying that like the classes were still f- had a very similar feel, and he was saying like in this one too, they, they it's even more distinct play styles the further down the, the, the skill trees you progress. So you'll really have abilities that make you feel much more like a very distinct class. So I, I don't know. I didn't feel that quite as much as she did, obviously, when I played one, but then I tended to specialize in one tree, and so that mm-hmm. made a big difference but even then there was still a lot of times so again the playstyle is still very very similar so this is this is going to be fun for again us who like to play all of the classes kind of thing it's going to make us want to to have one of each that is freaking bloody awesome
1: well i really like how they said that they're not going to peg you into certain weapon choices based on your class like every mordecai was using pistols and sniper rifles well you know, what if you could play that Mordecai with an assault rifle or a a shotgun just as effectively? That's something that really interests me in this game. A lot more personal customization for exactly how you want to play beyond just, you know, your talents.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was a big thing for me, too, is just being able to sit there and say you can play whatever you want with whoever you want and be just as effective at it was really awesome because I loved my siren in the first game. I absolutely did. But she wasn't really able to use a whole lot of big guns so when her powers ran out she was kind of running away and i like the idea of saying "Well, her power was running away (laughs) well no her power is running through people (laughs) if you did it right thank you running through people and setting them on fire thank you very much um but it's like the idea of being able to throw out the big fuck off gun and just say you know what screw you and just shooting somebody to death with like this giant freaking masterpiece of a weapon makes me very happy, especially, you know, cause it can be on any of the characters customization for the win. Definitely.
2: Okay. Let's move on to the walking dead because the pre-orders are out right now. And this is probably one of the coolest freaking pre-order bonuses. Well, it's a contest that I've seen in a long time, basically pre-order it. And you have a chance of becoming either an NPC or even better, a freaking zombie in the game. Dude. <laughs> I I already knew that I was pre-ordering the game, so it was, you know, not a big deal. But it was like I saw that, it was like where the hell's my credit card? <laughs> I pre-ordered on the freaking spot. It was like, dude, that would be freaking awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if you guys
2: you did Joe you didn't pre-order yours, eh? Joe's gone again. God damn it. Screw him. I'm going to hang up on his ass. Okay, let's move on then. Nobody cares. Well, there wasn't much new news about The Walking Dead. It was just that, which I thought was awesome. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, definitely get it. Okay, let's talk about Reckoning. You were saying that you played the... Oh, you played the first DLC, right? Yeah, The Legend of Dead Kel. Yeah, and and in terms of DLC, money for your dollar... Money for your dollar. <laughs> I got about a dollar out of my dollar. Right. How? It's because I'm getting these freaking ims from everybody at the same time here too (laughs) i can only think of so many things anyways what did you think of
1: it for value for your dollar that's what i wanted to say (laughs) for ten dollars the core storyline you could probably knock it out in about an hour and a half right two hours if you if you're if you're you know really exploring but the overall content that they provided i played for a good 10 12 hours really like they're there was that much stuff to do with building up your keep because it's not just oh here's a house spend some money and you're done no there's quests involved you have to go gather materials you 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 and then once your house is built, you have all these other options. You have a beast pen. You can train pets that give you passive buffs. You you have uh, an art gallery that you have to fill up. You have diplomatic missions. And there's even like a Fable 3 segment where you can sit on the throne and, you know, hold court. Like, there was so much stuff to do in the DLC beyond just the Dead Cal story, which was interesting in and of itself, that for 10 bucks, it gave as much, if not more, content than many full retail games. Nice. Very nice. So if— if we can get the same out of Teeth of Naros, I will be a happy, happy person. So, yeah, I'll let you tackle that one. So, yeah, they announced the second DLC coming out next week, actually, called Teeth of Naros, where it's really focusing on this nomadic tribe of giants who, you know, wander the, the realm of Amalur, really searching for their destiny. They don't They don't know where their place is. Well, destiny is the whole point of the game, so enter the player character that, I don't want to say helps them find their destiny, but reveals a lot about the world of Amalur itself Uh, they say it takes you to this big kingdom floating in the sky which in and of itself is cool and even giving a glimpse of the future of the world and as we know Amalur has a very well-developed timeline and storyline so I'd be interested to see exactly what this look into the future is and maybe it could be a sneak peek at the upcoming MMO
2: that's what I'm thinking as well, too, especially with the with McFarland dropping that bomb. I'm thinking that they're going to be starting to ramp up for that as well. Because, I mean, they had been working their advertising for Reckoning quite a bit in advance. So I would think that, especially with something as important as an MMO, that they're really going to ramp up advertising
0: way early for it. Oh, yeah. They've already been they've already been dropping bombs to like uh, there's been some interviews with uh, Kurt Schilling uh, where he's been kind of teasing and dancing around the point and sort of, you know, started that ball rolling like as as soon as like a couple months ago. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see how that's probably going to go into a, a full blown ad campaign pretty soon, I'm guessing. Yeah,
1: I, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised, you know, with the whole McFarlane leak. I would not be surprised if we saw this game come out shortly after the World Series. You given know what? That Kurt's, would make sense. Given Kurt's ties with the sports industry and how much he marketed reckoning during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I think we could see a lot of Kurt coming up uh, on you know sports centers and stuff again during the World Series where he can make those little plugs for the MMO. Well, that, that would make possible. sense.
2: It is possible. Okay, let's move on to another MMO. We got some uh, an introspective. A retrospective, or whatever you want to call it, about terror with the... Yeah, with that. Uh, there was a lot of speculation uh, about the, um, again, where how far it's gone since the, the early announcements and things like that. Joe, you're the one that found this one.
0: Yeah, basically, uh, it's one of those things where y- you never realize exactly how far games come from conception to creation. And all the legal stuff aside, we're just going to kind of push that away for now. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, I know, but I, somebody I know else would have.
2: Yeah, really. Wait, you about? bring it up, Killjoy.
0: <laughs> you were saying? Well, then, continue. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was kind of cool is Brian Knox and uh, Sam Kim showed members of the media, uh, basically, it started out with showing one of the endgame instances of the Twilight Valley. Um, and showed how it was like this real big, you know, area that was once lush and and used as like a staging ground for a lot of evil experiments. Kind of cool. Um, and But what was really cool is taking it from – taking a step back and showing – where Tara was, you know, basically envisioned what they wanted to do with the world and how it went from essentially some scrap sketches to what we have now. And whether you like or love the game, it's a, you got to, or whether you hate the game or love the game, you have to appreciate how much work that they've definitely put into it and how far they've taken it from, you know, where it was to where it is now. Um, The art assets falling into place, the, uh, you know, the, the world sort of being built the lore behind it everything else it's just kind of interesting to see how sort of like the game just evolved
1: Uh
2: vince you got nothing either
1: i i said i i saw everything i wanted to out of the beta so i've kind of just been not necessarily avoiding the game but waiting i and i'm
2: not gonna lie i'm still at a point where i am undecided whether i'm even picking it up which is disappointing but
1: (laughs) oh i'm picking it up it's just a matter of how long I'll be playing once, you know, and Diablo that's... and Guild Wars. and Yeah, yeah. So,
2: and I did not want to play much more of the demo because, or the beta, because every time I did, I was getting more upset. <laughs> so I'm thinking if I can kind of shelf it for a bit and then later on play it and not having already done the same shit that I'm going to have to do again kind of thing, then it's going to be fresh. And then I can go into it with that fresh mentality. Then that would probably be way better. So I'm more likely to pick it up if I go that route and more likely to enjoy it too. Because again, if I'm having Mm -hmm. to kill the same goddamn trees for the sixth time, I'm not going to be happy, (laughs) which is probably what you want when you're going after. To kill trees but anyway uh let's move on to another game that we are all excited about too and that is of course torchlight 2 which may be coming out sooner than we thought with the release of diablo 3 like damn near around the corner now we're finding out that uh, torchlight 2 may actually not be that far off
0: oh yeah and it's one of those things where i'm not terribly surprised um, I mean, Diablo 3 is the main competition, essentially, for this game. and With all the Diablo clones out there, sure, great, whatever. But Diablo 3 is Torchlight's... I mean, Torchlight is essentially what the bastard son of the original Diablo team that surpassed the father, um, in my eyes at least. But in this particular case, it's... I, I don't want to say I'm worried, but I want I haven't seen anything about the game, really, As far as like beta testing or anything else goes, but I'm not too surprised to hear that they're going to be pushing it out probably as soon as uh, maybe a month after Diablo 3 is released. I would think they'll be ready by then.
2: I mean, geez, I hope is, so. the stuff that you had seen beforehand was actually pretty rock solid. When they said that they were actually delaying launch, a lot of people felt that the game was pretty much ready. So the impression was that they, there was just a lot of tweaking and bug fixes and just, you know, cleaning it all up for release. And that's now been a little while. So I'm not I wouldn't be surprised by a June release or a July release at all. So, and dude, and, and in terms of it being, yes, it's competition with D3 in terms of, again, it's the same type of game, but because of the price point, I don't think that it's a true competition because it can, it's so cheap that people are going to be picking it up anyway. You know what I mean? Even if they picked mm-hmm. up D3, they're still going to pick it up because it's, I mean, it's 20 bucks for Christ's sakes. It's, it's a freaking Starbucks coffee in a scones. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> and you get a hell of a lot more enjoyment out of it. <laughs> I, I can't right. add anything. Jesus, Vince, you know what? No more weeks <laughs> off for you because you come back and you don't have anything to say. Okay, I'll let you talk about Epic Mickey
1: too. Do I have to? <sighs> yes. You right, put we'll my freaking show notes. I, oh, no, I put it in part of the show notes. Yes, I know. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Uh, back in the early 90s, Disney had oh, a, a really successful run uh, if, as far as side-scrolling platformers were concerned on the Sega Genesis. Games like The Lion King and Aladdin were some of the best games on that platform. And there was Magic a third game, game that I remember quite fondly from that era called Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. Yep. So, with the upcoming release of Epic Mickey 2, uh, whatever the heck it's called, for the uh, Wii, PS3, and 360, we're also getting a 3DS spin-off game called Power of Illusion, which in every conceivable way, be it concept, gameplay, or design, is very much the successor to that fantastic game from 20 plus years ago. So as underwhelmed as I am of Epic Mickey, especially in light of the recent footage I watched this afternoon, this is definitely something I would look forward to because if they can capture the same feel of that classic game, and this isn't just nostalgia, it was a very tight, very well-designed platformer, this will be a game to look out for.
2: jesus christ
0: joe <laughs> honestly, you had nothing you're the one no, that I, said the i, I was waiting i was waiting um no honestly it looks like epic mickey 2 might be better than epic mickey 1 but that's not exactly a difficult thing to I don't know what you're looking at um but it's just i don't know like it, it, it to me it's still clamors of the failed ip And the reason that I say it's the failed IP is because we were promised a dark, gritty world where, you know, things were not quite as we seem in a very adult-oriented... We were promised
1: epic. It's
0: in the title. And not so much. And they even said, they said here that that it's going to be more epic, and I'm waiting to see that. I mean, it looks like a lot of it's the same uh, that we've already seen. Uh, A lot of it is just including puzzles for a second player character to throw you around but that's about it. I mean, I'm not I'm not holding my breath for this game. Like it 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 at this point it just it is what it is.
2: Okay. All right, let's move on to something that we are all excited for. Well, at least the people who have iPads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's going to look great, freaking retina display. It's going to be oh, oh be awesome. Magic the Gathering, Duels of the Planes, Planeswalker uh, 2013 is going to be coming to the freaking iPad in addition to the other Uh, platforms oh my god now having been playing the various card games that i've been reviewing uh i'm i i i've seen just how great card games can be when done properly on an ipad so when i saw this it was like oh i i cannot wait for this this will get me back into magic like crazy. Like this is if done properly, this is the kind of shit that I will give actual money to buy like booster packs or shit like that. I'm gonna freaking geek right back out and be like, oh dude, and build decks and everything in there. It'll be freaking epic. There's my epic right in there in magic. The game I've been a
0: fan I've been a fan of the, the duel of the planeswalker series. Uh I've played uh Duel of the Planeswalker uh twenty twelve uh rather frequently, uh, for the on Steam, and it's it was fantastic. And the interface really would work amazingly well oh, for yeah. the iPad. Yeah. And I can't wait for it to come out for the iPad, and depending on how much freedom they put into it and what they do with it, it may be a must-purchase for me. Because I am a fan of the Magic series, I just don't feel like dumping thousands of dollars every three months onto cards.
2: Well, see, the way that I look at this, too, is that if they can make the multiplayer be something that is that works very well and where you also have options in how you do the multiplayer whether it's you know one sitting and you're both kind of playing immediately or do something like we've been seeing in a lot of the casual games right now too where you send your your play and then you can go about your life and then come back when you get the notification that they've played I mean give us a lot of options in terms of how to play multiplayer and then Make it a reasonable price for the cards. And that's the other big one too, because they can't sell them for the same price that they sell the freaking, um, the actual cards. The actual because cards- Because you,
0: you miss the, collect- the collectability of it. Yeah, them, so and you,
2: they yeah. become worth something. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them. I've got cards that are worth something. Um, and Whereas again, the this is the same argument we've had on the comic book informer. The digital version ain't worth shit. So as long as they understand that and they don't try to rip off their customers- I'll be all over this. I I honestly, I cannot wait. And no Android you. version for you. <laughs> okay. How about you talk about Castlevania? I know you're excited about that.
1: You're the only one. <laughs>
0: all right. I've been following... Let me following... sand in your face, not talk about Castlevania.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been following Brian Cox, the producer for uh, Lords of Shadow, on Twitter, basically since the game was announced. And uh, this fucker. Over essentially the past year he's been teasing <laughs> just like oh going to konami to talk about stuff or you know and as time has gone on he's been getting slightly more specific obviously he's talking about a follow up to lords of shadow but the way things are trending we may be very close to the actual announcement at this point uh, other employees of mercury steam have chimed in showing that you know konami mercury steam has something big coming up soon uh, Cox recently said that he, you know, he was in the land of Dracul. So we we know where this is going and other things are coming together that have me really excited <laughs> <laughs> because Lords of Shadow was a very good game, very solid, very fun and a good reimagining of the Castlevania franchise. And honestly with the way that game ended For a year and a half now, I have been clawing at myself waiting for announcement of a sequel because I absolutely have to know where this particular offshoot of the Castlevania franchise is going soon, going in the future. So I'm very hopeful that in the very near future, I will be a happy, happy vampire nerd.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I love the first game. That game was awesome. I would really enjoy a second game, and I could see myself playing it rather, uh, I don't want to say religiously, but, yeah, you wouldn't see me for a little while. I would just be sitting in front of the TV playing the damn game. Uh, But, yeah, no, I, God, I want this game.
1: Just throwing it out there. I want a co-op mode with Gabriel and Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Yes. It could very easily happen. From where the last game ended. Oh, man.
2: All right, let's talk about some Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts 3D. You had that as well.
1: Actually, that was Joe, but I'll talk about it if you give me a second.
2: Well, I was saying you. It could be either one of you. Well, Roger was covering
1: his bases, that's all. He forgot
0: he put it in there.
2: You know what? It was like one week he wasn't here, and our groove is so off, it's unbelievable. Okay, Joe, how about you talk <laughs> about this? Because Certainly. apparently I have to be clear now.
0: Okay, so... If you own a 3DS and you may have noticed that there's been a distinct lack of RPGs on there as of late, uh, but Square Whatever. Enix will be, re- or ever, where <laughs> Square Enix will be releasing two top tier titles, um, which will be coming out in the U.S. in July of this year. We are getting ourselves uh, Final Fantasy, which will be hitting the store basically July 3rd, and Kingdoms Heart 3D Dream Drop Distance 3ds, get it, uh-huh. on July 31st. <laughs> uh the games have been some of the best-selling games in japan uh and so they're actually hoping that we're going to get uh quite a bit of of movement on them here and honestly i can i can see that i would i would really dump some money into uh at least kingdom hearts 3d especially for my 3ds i would love an rpg to take with me Um uh, but yeah no that's where we're at right now
1: are are we so desperate at this point that we're calling the Final Fantasy rhythm game a top tier RPG? Apparently. Cuz that's all it is. It's tapping buttons in time and in 3D? while in theory <laughs> in 3 that would just, uh, <laughs> nice. While in theory that's something I would be interested in from what I've seen it's unfortunately just terribly uninteresting and not very fun. That was 3D well, and stereo.
0: Just for but that's why we have Kingdom Hearts.
1: Yes, no, I'm very interested in Kingdom Hearts, but uh, isn't Kingdom
2: Rhythm? Hearts uh, coming out on the uh,
1: Vita as well? I thought not, that uh, was there, there will like of yeah. yeah, there will be a Kingdom Hearts Vita game, but not this Kingdom Hearts okay. game. I know there's one
2: coming out. I just I didn't know which one, because I know my son's dying for it. I was like, I ain't buying a freaking Vita just so you can play Kingdom Hearts, and <laughs> it's not gonna happen, buddy. <laughs> you just buying the game for the 3ds. I don't have a 3ds either. Well, then so, you suck. Jesus.
0: Pick one. Well, I would
2: have one if somebody had picked one up for me on sale. Man, if
0: only they had one of those yeah. ones that you Jeez, wanted. I mean, yeah, those things are
2: so rare. God, They are. I Well, I can't trade in my, my old one for one. <laughs> it's not as good a deal. It's not the freaking Zelda one either. Okay, let's stick with Nintendo because Pokemon Conquest might be getting here in the summer. And you know what? It's funny because <laughs> I don't want to say I'm excited, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's Pokemon, but it's different than the same shit we've played (laughs) forty seven times already. Same, but not the same. (laughs) I'm kind of excited about this. I got to tell you, I would love to play the shit out of this. Actually,
0: I just think it looks cool as hell. I mean, it's like Dragon Warrior Monster, but better.
2: Yeah, well, it's gonna be more. I don't know. It feels more. strategic? I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's uh, not just the freaking the, the it, it uh, anyways, it looks more awesome is what it boiled down to. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to it. I I I yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It doesn't have to be in 3D for me. I'll just play it on my freaking my, my XL. That'll be fine. <laughs> okay, we also got some news about uh aliens and uh what uh, gearbox is going to be doing about that. Vince, Vince, do you want to talk about Vince, because I know you sent me the show notes, Vince. Joe, you have to be quiet now because Vince is going to speak. I I will
1: shut up because Vince is going to talk now.
2: All right, Vince, it's all yours. Anytime, Vince.
1: Oh, sorry. uh...
2: No, really, Vince, now.
1: My bad. Yeah, so in addition to Borderlands 2, Gearbox Software has another big game coming out this fall in the form of Aliens Colonial Marines. Why don't you
2: tell us a little bit about it? We would love to hear more about this, Vince. Go for it. I hate you.
0: <laughs> but you missed me. <laughs> now, there.
1: I, I, when did I say that? Me, not him. When did I say that? It was
2: implied. Oh. You got a lot of implication out of those three letters.
1: Okay, anyway. Uh, there, there have been quite a few lackluster aliens games over the course of ever but uh aliens colonial aliens versus predator was freaking awesome the first one yes it was so that's one
0: okay out of 80 that first one counts for
1: a lot it was it was awesome yeah this one is actually something i'm very interested in because there it's not an offshoot it's not a it's not a remake it's not a tie-in it's actually a canonical sequel to the Aliens franchise. Uh, The game takes place in the timeline uh, shortly after Aliens 3, which is a better movie than many people give it credit for. Uh, But it actually goes back to the setting of Aliens 2, where you're going to be exploring the same planet, meeting uh, parts of the characters from that movie. I love how they said, you're actually going to interact with half of Bishop. That's awesome. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But the Absolute, The attention to detail they're putting into this game is really top-notch. I mean, they are working really hard to make sure that they do the franchise justice. This isn't just a cash-in for them. This is a labor of love and... There, unfortunately, have been far too few of those uh, in recent years. So seeing a company, like, like we talked about with Arkham Asylum, with uh, War for Cybertron, a company that gets the franchise and loves the franchise, puts the time and effort into it, the result is always something interesting.
2: I'm actually excited for this as well. I, I think the potential to do something very cool is there. And I, I like Gearbox. You know what? The, yeah, they've had their failings as well, but I still, I like, I like how they support their their... You know they're fans. I like how they go out of the way for them, and I I like their their game. So I this will be awesome.
0: I'm a big fan of the aliens franchise. I really, really am. I don't want to get my hopes up and be dashed upon the rocks of disappointment. The so I'm just rocks waiting. of disappointment. A rocks of disappointment. Dude,
2: write that down yes. somewhere if you haven't already. <laughs>
0: clearly, put that in a novel. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Or bad it poetry. Was, for ex- well, yeah, we already know about that, don't we, Roger? I'm just kidding. Um, but no, that I, I, it's... Hurt. Like, it's one of... That oh, is harsh. Wow.
2: <laughs> that hurt my feeling. <laughs> your feeling singular? <laughs> yes. You picked up on that, eh? You know, when you're short, most things go right over your head, but that did It's I'm true, it really that. is.
0: But at least I'm the last to know when it rains. Yeah, all right. Okay. Do, um, are you done? But no, like, it's, it's one of those things oh, where I done? really want to see what they do with it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes out of this production that's i I, but i'm cautiously waiting i'm not getting my hopes up quite yet
2: all right all right worst episode ever i'm telling right now i'm calling it (laughs) 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 okay we're gonna skip a whole bunch of crap that nobody cares about and just ever so briefly because you brought this up joe the mmo remorse you sent this in i'm gonna give you two minutes to talk about this just that's all you're getting
0: with the market being flooded with MMOs, it's one of those things where people look back and say, what would have been much better as like a single player game? Um, and so on GameSpy of all places, there's a list that's been compiled um, of the most that, obvious. What are you doing going I've, to GameSpy? You're Probably really, the most <laughs> obvious. Hey, it's, it's on head. his flip pad. It's on my flip pad. <laughs> Shows up in my feed, thank you. Um, and, and this is all triggered by Warhammer Dark Millennium going from MMO to single-player with multiplayer aspects. But the list is, is pretty obvious. I mean, you have at number five, all points bulletin. Um, you have number four, Final Fantasy Okay, but 14. hold on, hold on. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, hold, whoa on. hold on. See, the premise of this is not failed MMOs but yeah. what MMOs would have been better have as, been better single, as player.
0: single player
2: yeah I, the whole APB concept would of have it been better single player. no i don't i don't think so a b b single player would be freaking MMO. gta as a not as a
0: non MMO as, as a, just like a a game that had a multiplayer function <laughs> it would have done the better the article.
2: yeah really. he, he likes to make his own shit up
0: <laughs> i'm not making my own shit up i'm saying that it would have done better as that type of game instead of an MMO I disagree. Jackass.
2: I completely disagree <laughs> about that one. You can keep going, but that one there, okay.
0: completely disagree. Uh Final Fantasy fourteen, I never even touched the game, so I mean, honestly, I can't say much on that one. But it Final is Final Fantasy some...
1: Fourteen would have been better off
0: as a zero player game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh DC Universe Online. I don't know if I agree with this one. I don't at all. This... I like the MMO aspect of it quite a bit because it feels just like City of Heroes in that there's a ton of people everywhere that you can group with and quest with and have awesome experiences with. Uh, Star Trek Online, I do agree with that one. I, don't. Um, I Because the multiplayer aspect of it, the MMO aspect of it, was just seriously lacking. Um, and then Star Wars The Old Republic. And this one I'm on the fence about. I love... Oh, Jesus. I love I love Star Wars: The Old Republic. I think it's fantastic, but everything that I've heard from everybody else, and it just it's a great RPG. But I don't hear anybody talk about extensively like the group combat or the group content or the the MMO aspect of it. It's we, even when we talk about it we mainly talk about the story so i can kind of see where they're coming no, from. no that's not true that. we've
2: also talked about how the times a few times we've played together i've talked about all the times that i've played with my son i've sure. talked about other people too like the very whether it's rp or whether it's getting into random groups i or have the not TVP. heard you talk
0: much about rp except for once dude
2: you don't always listen to my other podcast either But there's like, there's a lot of things about Mm -hmm. this that I I disagree. Like the whole list as a whole to me is a freaking, it's a joke. I'm sorry, but it reinforces GameSpy being so completely out of the loop that they don't grasp what they're talking about what they're writing about mmos that should be single player well dc universe that doesn't fit like i mean the whole point is to be heroes with other heroes and going up against other villains that's the whole point whether it fails at that or not well there's a different article then write an article about mmos that failed same with star trek online It's about being part of that Trekkie community and all being together, and you each have your own ship and and working together and certain goals and all that. They failed at it, but the concept was still solid as an MMO. I mean, put that MMO in the hands of developers that could have done right by it, I Mm maintain that could have been an incredible, absolutely incredible MMO, but it wasn't in the right hands. And then for Star Wars, I think that, People have such a problem with that because of their bias with with BioWare being just seeing them only typecasting them as only good single player RPG uh, developers. And I don't think that's accurate because they took a, a stretch with this and the people who have a problem with the MMO aspects are those who are comparing it to other more successful games right now, like the obvious WoW, who weren't either weren't around or don't actually remember when wow launched and had next to nothing. nothing so it's come a long way since then in just the few months since the old republic has been out it's already changed so drastically and with 1.2 coming out in a matter of a week or two it's going to change even more at that point i think that the mmo aspects of the game are a there's already a bunch of them there and b there's a ton more that are going to continue come through it's just that it has given you so much more of a single player rpg feel as well by making your story that much more heroic and allowing you to immerse yourself into and most people are only used to that in a single player game so that's why they equate it as such i i don't agree personally with that
1: at all at all i think that there's still a ton of mmo in the old republic to offer a different perspective here um there have been you know many complaints and whatnot over the end game uh content of the game and i can't speak to that because i i'm not and nor have i ever been a, a raider However, I am interested in PvP. I have not PvP'd too much on live Star Wars The Old Republic. Or, yeah, Star Wars The Old Republic. Just because my character class doesn't lend itself to PvP. I'm working on a sniper that will be spending a lot of time in the war zones. However, my girlfriend is a battle master in PvP. Highest rank available currently in the game. She plays a lot of PvP. And that's a very important aspect of an MMO that Old Republic handles very well, quite possibly the best I've seen.
2: That's something so that actually came up go.
1: during PAX.
2: Uh, James Olin was talking about that, how they had not anticipated the PvP in their game being as popular as it oh, yeah. is. Yeah. And so they're, they they had to increase the size of their team that worked on PvP. They are doing a lot more for it as well in a variety of ways. And that is, again, very much MMO-based right now when you're looking There's at... more to an MMO than rating. That's right. So, and Agreed. the thing that people again need to remember is they're all saying there's nothing to do at the end. You know what? There actually are things to do at the end. There's there's not a lot, but there are things. Let's but go back the to the one that MMO they like to compare it to. Out. Exactly. Yeah. With WoW, they like to compare it all the time to WoW. And it's like, dude, do you remember, do you remember when Vanilla it WoW? Yeah. There exactly.
0: was no end game. It's as simple no, that, as that. No, there was a so Blackrock Spire instance. existed. Blackrock <laughs> Spire existed. Lower Blackrock Spire existed. Skullamats existed. That was it. I mean, I'm so, just saying like those are the, that's what you had for endgame. People forget that. And I and I definitely agree with that. And I'm not saying that um Star Wars wouldn't have you know, shouldn't have been an MMO. It definitely should have. It's a great aspect of it. But my the whole point that I was trying to make is just That that individual story is so powerful that it's very easy to overshadow the rest of what they have.
2: And I think that because of I think that that's what's creating some of the confusion, but I don't think that it should be seen in any kind of way as a negative thing that they're making they they've put in such a phenomenal single player oh, your just class story. Investment in your yeah, character. It's such a fantastic thing that you shouldn't have to feel like, oh, by doing that, you've basically made this feel like a single player online game with, you know, other people playing their single player online games. No, it's just that they made it that much more awesome. I I know it's coming off sounding like a fanboy. It's just I'm not. It's I, I've said the things that I have a problem with. Case in point, we actually recorded Tristan and I this afternoon, and I have some problems. Some things they're doing, it, and I don't have a mind saying it, but I still maintain that at its heart. And looking at what they're doing to support it, it's a, it's already a great MMO, and I th- I see so much potential when you're looking at what they're doing with you know the upcoming 1.3, 1.4, their plans for the rest of the year that goes above and beyond what we're seeing with a lot of MMO I mean Jesus <laughs> how much content have we gotten for the star Trek online <laughs> like five quests uh, in the past two years so uh, yeah, yeah some... <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up at that and uh hopefully by next week we'll be back in our our regular flow of things and I won't have to use everybody's names quite as often but I of course on point I don't you were know not you were not <laughs> you were the one that said I didn't send this in but I can talk about it. That's actually not your because voice, isn't that low? I didn't send that in. The way you
1: presented the intro was as if you wanted me to talk. So, we're going to be
2: putting up the show notes on For the Lore. Of course, you can reach us on Twitter at For the Lore and email for the lore at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Keep Blame blabbering.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, you're the one that said. Because the person who did send in the article didn't speak up. He hasn't been the whole freaking show.
0: One of the most beloved game settings for anybody who's ever played a tabletop RPG has always been Cyberpunk, a game that takes place in a dystopic future that involves megacorporations, VR hacking, big, big guns, mechs, machines, and biological modifications. One need look no further than Deus Ex Human Evolution, or to look at the movie Blade Runner with Harrison Ford to get a good idea of what a cyberpunk world feels like. Interface Zero is a cyberpunk world in the savage world setting. It takes place over a span of years, with the story starting in the year 2010 and ending in 2088, bringing us to the current year of the book. Basically what happens is the entire thing starts with rising oil prices, and by the end of 2012 the world is in a state of crisis. This continues, and continues to sort of have collapse of government... Uh, and basically the whole oil-bad stuff uh, people are claiming now that eventually devolves into eco-terrorists that make the situation of an oil shortage worse by releasing an oil-eating bacteria. In May of 2028, the Middle East finally erupts in a nuclear war, which in turn causes India to unleash nuclear weapons on Pakistan, which leads to near-cataclysmic fallout that ultimately killed about one-seventh of the population. Rising sea levels push population centers inward, and about 10 years later, the world comes out to the death, as the fallout was called, changed, but intact. In 2060, the U.S. finally gets a president from Oklahoma, but of course, he's a tyrant who wants to roll with an iron fist, sparking a new civil war. Humans are replaced in the workforce by simulacrums, or basically vat-grown humans. Uh, but economic conditions are not improved to where humans can afford not to work. Thus, people begin scraping by, starving, and blaming the simulacrum for it. Throughout all of this, humanity is not only gradually expanding into space, but they are expanding into virtual reality or hyper-reality as well. Uh, This is a very broad generalization of the world's history. Uh, If you get your hands on the book, which I highly suggest, uh, you have about 11 pages or so, of a very well-written timeline of all the events that happened to bring the world from 2010 all the way up to 2088 uh, Once you hit 2088 the book goes into greater detail um, Through the voice of Billy black eyes who tells us about how the world is today uh, We basically learned that due to modern technology the rich are functionally immortal uh, while the poor are pretty much screwed the middle class is no longer around, and you're either wealthy or you're living on ugly, dirty streets. Uh, basically, anybody who's seen a dystopic novel of the future or or seen any sort of cyberpunk-related um, anything really knows that this is kind of like power for the course. You have the mega corporations, the CEOs, the executives, those that can live off of you know big fat checks. And then you have those that are, you know, poor, downtrodden in the streets, uh, addicted to going into virtual reality realms, uh, addicted to cyber upgrades, uh, that are wasting away in the streets. There's actually an entire group of people in this game that are so addicted to virtual reality, or what that's called ghosting, where they take their virtual avatar and basically live in a computer world 24-7, that are out on the street, uh, basically... Starving to death they've lost their job. They've lost their home. They've lost everything so they just keep retreating into this virtual world It's also interesting because everybody is while they're not born with it is implanted with something called a tap Uh, Think of all those sci-fi movies where you have an item basically in your head that allows you to access the net at any point in time Or subsections of it different taps have different strengths so on and so forth the tap is actually kind of where they get the idea or the name interface zero the tap is one of the most important things in the entire game because everything interfaces with you through your tap Um, basically in addition to all the cybernetic upgrades that you can purchase robotic arms robotic limbs of all sorts augmented eyes things of that nature you also have people with psychic powers that start to emerge in 2088 through mutation Nobody really understands why they took this long to come out, or why so long after global catastrophe, uh, but really they're they're starting to come out. So there is a, a certain uh, essence of, like, I will kill you with my brain. The glory of the game is that the setting itself stays true to the cyberpunk roots and lets you do whatever you want. You want to play a hacking character that's a whiz at the computers? You want to relive hacking the Gibson? You can easily do it. You want to play a street detective that absolutely abhors combat and makes sure that he talks his way into and out of every situation without throwing a punch or without shooting a gun? You can do that. You want to play a combat monkey that's just absolutely ridiculous in hand-to-hand combat? You can do that as well. And if you want to play a sniper, well, you can do that as well. The races are the stereotypical human. Um, You have your simulacrum, which is basically vat-fed humans. You also have human 2.0, which are genetically altered humans before they go into the womb. Um, Basically, you can pick a trait that they excel at, uh, at the cost of something else. Uh, You also have hybrids, which, through genetic engineering, combine traits of various animals or insects, uh, with human DNA to create very unique uh, Sort of people and then you have those that are so augmented that they classify as cyborgs it's a wonderful wonderful game that opens up a lot of possibility for how you create your character and How you customize it and how you interact you can literally do whatever you want uh, The way that the organizations grow the governments work the way that the world is set up basically gives you the freedom to do whatever you want, minus any desire to be in New York City because, or Washington, D.C., because that's pretty much gone. Uh, but the idea is that it opens up an entire new gaming experience. This is not a D20 system either. It is the Savage Worlds step system, where your abilities uh, are based off of different skill levels whether it's a D4, D6, D8, D10, or the highest, which is a D12. Um, Successes are not ranked on rolling a 20. They're based on a difficulty of four or slightly modified based on your GM. So when you're rolling a die, uh, you basically have to make sure you hit at least four. If you roll the maximum on a die, let's say you roll an eight on an eight-sided die, you roll again and add the results together. Creating the character is actually fairly simple, uh, and only has so many things that you have to worry about, like spirit, vigor, agility, strength, and smarts. It's a fantastic system, and in my experience with playing with it, I've had more fun playing this than possibly even the original Cyberpunk. I highly recommend it for anybody who's looking for a new tabletop RPG that they want to play with their friends. The Savage World system is very easy to learn. It is very well done. You can get it through -through DriveThruRPG. The PDFs are very cheap. Um, You can also download or or order the books through Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, uh, basically anywhere where books are sold you can get your hands on this book. I also suggest going to your local geek shop because when possible buy local. Interface Zero is a wonderful experience and I highly recommend it for anybody who absolutely loves role playing.
1: As usual, everything was all fucked up. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So what? <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> Except I did it without painkillers. <laughs> I don't always have to. Just sometimes.
2: <laughs> it was just stupid.
1: <laughs> I'm not arguing
0: that. <laughs> What's up? It is going. Well, of course it is. You just
2: woke up, you lazy bastard. Dude, the woman lured me to sleep. Sorry. man. That's not supposed to happen yet. Try to stave it off until you're in
1: your 40s, at least. It was... All I know is I had a day last week where I woke up at 1 p.m., took a shower, made a sandwich for lunch, and decided that that was a little too much, so I took a nap (laughs) from 3 to (laughs) 6. You know what? I did that this weekend too because
0: it was five days off. It was my vacation weekend. <laughs> that is how you take time off. <laughs> bitch.
2: Must restart. <laughs> 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 if there was room between the desk and the wall, I would flip it.
0: <laughs> there, it's downloading.
2: Don't make it sound like it's such a big deal. There, <laughs> goddammit. I'm downloading that free awesome game that you recommended. Jeez, Louise. What the hell, dude? <laughs> I didn't get that reaction when I told you to get Daedalus. I'll laugh it
1: up, Fuzzball. Fuzzball? Really? That's both humorous and disturbing at the same time.
0: Oh, Hoogsy, rebel without a cause.
2: You're not a rebel. You're not a rebel if you live in your mom's basement. (laughs) God, (laughs) give me a break. (laughs) Your mom irons your underwear. You're not a rebel. No, it's not working. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Wow. You son of a bitch. I hate you. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: Was that your forehead and the keyboard? That wasn't
2: me. <laughs> it would have hit the mic instead. Magic the Gathering on iPad?
0: Oh. oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> I love Laugh <life> Again. <laughs>
0: dude I'm come on how awesome is that gonna be
2: that is oh dude I hmm, hmm. I will make new friends just so I can add them on my iPad you're probably an idiot in real life who lives with his mom but as long as you know magic you're my friend now and I will call you Twinkie okay,
0: <laughs> oh god I made Hoogsy angry <laughs> that's not that great of an like, accomplishment. Like, yeah, that's, that's a
1: great accomplishment. Wait a, minute, there, wait, a
0: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Damn it. Send the invite. What? Trying to invite you to a game. Uh, it's not a rocket science. By username. Enter your username. It's not letting me do anything else after that.
2: You, know, <laughs> you don't always have to be an idiot. Everyone says, there we go. Well, there, oh. Little fucking light in the fridge went off.
1: My girlfriend was asking me the other day, "He's like, what's this Black Widow?" No. <laughs> but my friends, no. What? What? She was looking at the Black Widow keyboard. It's <laughs> like, no. What? I don't know what you're talking about.
0: He's making fun of the noise that mine makes.
2: Oh, so I know that, but I'm assuming the Black Widow yeah, keyboard is the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God. I was like, if anything could cause us to break up, you buying that keyboard would be it. Because you're a very bad man.
2: <laughs>
1: what? I'm so confused. Uh,
2: read your Twitters, you bastard. None of that matters. And so, it, that... Oh, look at this. We're just going to oh, mute get- that. I don't know who it is. <laughs> so... Uh, did I just hang up? I think I just hung hung up on my old man. <laughs> no, I didn't answer, so he doesn't need to know. I'll tell him later. <laughs> Edit all that out. Um, we lost him, Joe. Great, coughing fit again. How much you? Have? Nope. Okay, he's there. <laughs> no, my uh,
0: my headset fell off.
2: What the hell, dude. <laughs> Just ignore me. Just continue talking. I'm done. All right. Okay. So the... Oh, Jesus. Okay, nothing. Edit that out too. Damn it.
0: People, Las Vegas, turning day into night nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again.